You're listening to Clockwise from Relay FM, recorded June 10th, 2015, live in San Francisco. This is episode number 91. Clockwise, four technology topics, four human beings in a hotel room in San Francisco, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where it's time. For our live from WWDC song and dance extravaganza, I'm your co-host Dan Morin, and sitting there, we don't even have a table. <laughs> sitting vaguely across from me yeah. in this hotel room, four feet away, is Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Jason. Hi, Dan. I didn't get the songs, and I didn't learn the dances. This show is over. Oh, oh well, There's we might as well talk about said. four technology topics. Okay, then. I guess we could do that. I mean, we're all here. Yeah, we with are. Two, Who with are two lovely we? guests. Who are our guests, Dan? Our lovely guests to my left. Literally, actually. Literally to my left, a foot away from me on the bed, is Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hi, Stephen. That was more touching than I was anticipating. (laughs) (laughs) But it's fine. But slightly less than you wanted. Is that what you're saying? No comment. (laughs) And to my left, I'll turn slightly so he's to my left. It's the other co-founder of Relay FM, Mike Hurley, and my co-host, of course, on Upgrade. Welcome to Clockwise, Mike. Thank you so much. I firmly believe I'm cementing my lead. Is the most frequent guest of Clockwise. It's quite possible. That I'm pushing you, you out. But then. If you're going to push me out, you're going to get pushed out that window, which is right <laughs> behind you. <laughs> As always on Clockwise, we talk about four technology topics. I get to go first because I'm holding a microphone. You're all mm-hmm. holding microphones, but yeah, I'm talking. Um, and because we're at WWC, we figured we talk about some WWC related topics. Uh, and so I was going to ask. Um, we've seen some major improvements with Watch OS announced. Um, I think we're all we're all wearing our Apple watches. We're all Apple watch users. It's true, I can see. My, four my Apple question watches. is: Are do you think that these improvements? Uh, what what do you think are the most compelling of these improvements? And do you think it makes a difference for people who have not yet bought into the the Apple Watch universe uh, as a product? Do you think that this will convince more people? Like, oh yeah, yeah, I want to go out and buy an Apple Watch. Um, for me, the the most exciting sort of new bit of Watch OS, which I, can I just say I hate the name. I hate the way they. Watch us. It. It's watch us. Um, is the third-party complications. So right now your complications are you know little bits of extra functionality on your watch face, and you're locked into what Apple provides. But with uh, Watch OS two, you can do third-party ones. So some of their examples are you know I have an electric Volkswagen car, for instance, and I can see you know what its charge level is if it's out in the garage charging. Um, that sort of stuff is really nice. I mean, a lot of the watch was built to be glanceable, but it's not glanceable if you have to like bring up a glance or pull down a notification. If I can just turn my wrist and actually see this is what's going on, um, that really is you know hands-free glanceable information. So that's that's pretty exciting to me. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think that uh, we put the Apple Watch in an iPhone uh, context too often and think that apps are the big thing. And I feel like it goes complications first, glances second, apps third it really is sort of in that order so being having the third-party apps on your watch is going to be great the native ones um if you walk away from your phone your watch will still be able to do things instead of being like no i need my phone for that that's all great but i think their biggest impact is going to be pushing some of their data onto the watch face so you can just glance and find out whatever whatever information is important to you so i agree with steven i will say as an aside i have a theory it came up with uh, john gruber interviewing phil schiller on stage at the talk show live last night uh, he was asking about watch os in all lowercase and phil said something like you know just wait and see or something like that it was mysterious and we all turned to each other and i said oh my god next year it's going to be mac os like i wrote about but it's going to be all lowercase mac. Oh, yep. i quit yeah it could <laughs> be, done it could be so mac os it's coming mike 
Apple Watch thoughts? So this morning I was walking to get a coffee and I realized that I'd completed a couple of tasks already that I wanted to check off on OmniFocus. So I was walking along and I picked up my watch and I pressed on OmniFocus and it span. And I waited to cross the street and I crossed the street and it was still spinning. Mm. I got to the next cross, the next street to cross, the app had closed. I opened it again, it was still spinning. Spinning, spinning, spinning. And then I just took my phone out of my pocket. I'm looking forward to that just not happening anymore. <laughs> so like, well, I, I agree with you guys completely. Like complications, third party complications is great. If glances can do more, that's great. But I just want these apps to be reliable and work and just I can do stuff with them. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, I'm disappointed that none of you picked the most important feature, which is two colors in those little drawings that you can send to people. Because that, <laughs> that is what's going to bring in the masses, let me tell you. Uh, no, I think third card, you're totally right. Third-party complications. And I think, Jason, you're right. I, although I would take glances out of that occasion, uh, even out of second place in some ways, because I think that they're... I think that those are problematic. Uh, I think that complications, third-party complications are what glances should have been all along, um, which is to say that's how you want information presented in sort of a, a passive push-to-you fashion rather than anything that you have to go look for. And glances, as we discussed before, I think are problematic because you don't know where you are. You don't know which one you're looking at. You have to, they take a long time to update. I, I think they have, they have issues. Um, that might improve if the apps are on the phone themselves. That might sort of trickle down the glances. I think that native apps, you know, launching a lot faster is is a huge boon because like Mike, I get to the point where I open something up and it's like, you know what? It was faster to just take my phone out. It was just faster to take Which my phone exactly out. Which is exactly what it shouldn't be. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, th there's no point to having that functionality if it's faster to use the device I already have in my pocket. So I, I think the third-party complications though, are potentially a big win, but it will be interesting to see how Apple actually lets the third-party developers use them because there will certainly be limitations. Well, that's topic one. Let's pass it to topic two. And for that, Mr. Stephen Hackett. He touched me again. I did not. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's let's move from a little piece of glass to a bigger one. The, the iPad got a lot of time on stage, I think more than, than I was expecting. And for the first time, they've really uncoupled the iPad from the iPhone as far as feature set. Uh, you know, the, the iPad will be able to do some, some new, more exciting stuff that, at least at this point, is not coming to the phone. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I know we all um, have I iPads. I think we use them in you know varying degrees. But what's some of that that new stuff that excites uh, excites you guys? I I'm so happy that the iPad got mentioned, and that uh, I think we've all felt for a while now that since the iPad launch, for a lot of good reasons, the iPhone is the vast share of Apple's business. And if right. you're developing and prioritizing features on iOS, how do you not prioritize the iPhone, especially when you feel like you're under assault from Android, you need to make inroads in China. There's so many reasons to prioritize that. But if you are going to slow down a little bit because you feel like the iPhone's going pretty good, the arms race with Google is cooling off a little bit, uh, especially, on, especially on the OS uh, features side, Finally, you can maybe show some love to the iPad, and so we got that. I, I think the text input stuff is by far the most um, uh, groundbreaking. Uh, the, the fact that uh, not just the trackpad thing, which I'm really looking forward to trying, because the idea you can put two fingers down on the keyboard and move a little selection cursor around, that so much of the frustration with trying to be productive as a writer on the iPad is the fiddly, you know, the loop and selecting text is really nice in terms of UI, but it's not fast at all. So I, I'm excited about that, but I'm also really excited that they are uh, taking their, uh, whatever they call it, that little quick bar that happens, that lives above the keyboard, and uh, suggested words to you that you quick might... Quick type. Quick type, that you yeah. might be spelling, that that's now also a toolbar. Instead of words that I'm never spelling. And that third-party apps can 
uh, access the toolbar and put things in it because a lot of apps try to hack that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's just the, and maybe the hacking w- stuff will be more flexible than this because that's usually what happens is the Apple thing is going to be very limited, but it's going to be system wide, and that I think is going to be a big productivity boost too. So I'm really excited about iOS nine on the iPad, Mike. No doubt this is huge because this is, I mean, I hope and, and think that this is the point now where Apple actually really start to treat the iPad like its own device. Like it's yeah. doing things that it does, not just blowing things up. Uh, this makes so much more sense than just stretching apps or just making, you know, different sidebars and stuff. Like I do quite a lot of work on iOS and I've switch between apps all the time like from my email to google sheets back to like to twitter or something like i'm always like flying around and around and around and i like the idea of being able to like see an email like i get a sponsor i book them in on our spreadsheets and just having them both on the same screen like i've been lusting after the macbook for like a light travel computer but now the ipad is becoming more appealing as that kind of thing again yeah, they're starting to collide a little bit at the low end there with the MacBook and the iPad Air, just getting very close in terms of size, weight, that kind of stuff. But I, I think, you know, Mike hit the nail on the head there with the, a lot of the multitasking features. And for me, the split view is is huge. And it's for subtle reasons. It's, it's because as a writer, what I spend a lot of time doing is writing in a text document and pulling stuff off a web page. And doing that on the iPad is a huge pain because switching back and forth, not only do you have to like reach up if you're using like an external keyboard, you have to reach up and sort of interface with the iPad itself. But the bigger problem is that, you know, you go over to Safari or something like that, and invariably it reloads all the tabs you were just looking at, and you're like, okay, where was that thing I was looking for? Scroll down, fiddle with the text selection, as Jason said, copy that, switch back to my editing document, wait for that to come up, paste. It's like, that's fine if you're only looking for one or two things, but when you're doing that a couple times in a paragraph, it very quickly becomes untenable. And so I can get work done on the iPad, and I did recently on a trip where that was the only thing I had brought, but it's just it's so much harder for something that is trivial on the Mac. Like that is that is what the Mac has been designed to do, not quite from day one, but for, and certainly from a very long time. So it makes the iPad at least a plausible machine for getting work done, and I I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I think all that stuff's really great, and the, so I think the underlying theme here is they're making it more like the Mac, but in an iOS way. So I think maybe the the best example that comes to mind for me is the picture in picture. So I can be watching a YouTube video. So, you know, I do a lot of, like, Apple history stuff. So I'd be watching a keynote and taking notes and, again, bouncing back and forth. Or I could just have that video down in the corner, have editorial up, and be just typing away. Um, you know, that's not uh, maybe a huge use case for, for everybody looking at keynotes. But, you know, if people are, you know, watching a game and tweeting about it or something like that, uh, it's just giving that flexibility that the iPad hasn't had. And I think that's uh, I think that's a big win. Yeah, it's like your iPad can be your first screen and your second screen simultaneously. Exactly. You know, cool. you know how how many people you know will watch something on their iPad and you know tweet about it on their phone? Yep. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I realize. Thank I, God we're safe from that madness. I know. <laughs> I, I'm watching TV shows and movies for the incomparable and taking notes on them, and I realize I could actually just do that on my iPad now. That's pretty. Yeah. With iOS nine, that's pretty cool. Right. These are two great topics. We've reached halftime. It's halftime at uh, at Clockwise. As always, we like to tell you about a sponsor at halftime because what would halftime be like without cheerleaders? One, we have no cheerleaders here. Well, but this and is two, the song and dance extravaganza, yes. Jason. It's going on in the background while I do this. So this episode of Clockwise brought to you by JustWorks. JustWorks helps businesses take care of their benefits, payroll, and HR. Running a successful business is hard enough The thousands of little details that sometimes make it feel overwhelming. We'll process your payroll automatically, set up your team benefits online, help you save on healthcare. It's that simple. You can find out more by going to justworks.com slash 
clockwise. You'll get 15% off your first year when you sign up with code clockwise. You can grow your business, not your busy work, by using JustWorks created by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. That's JustWorks.com slash clockwise. 15% off your first year when you sign up with code clockwise. And thank you to JustWorks for sponsoring Halftime of Clockwise. All right. We'll move on to to issue number three. <laughs> Suddenly, it's the McLaughlin Group here. Um, Wrong. A- Apple Apple announced uh, the news app, and also you know pour one out for for newsstand. No, I'm glad wah, it's dead. Dan, uh, dance on its grave. <laughs> Song and dance extravaganza so, on the grave of newsstand. This is sort of a two part question. Part one is, what do you think? Um, do you think that news is going to be a big deal and really impact how iPhone and iPad users uh, read content on the web? And sort of a sub-question there is, um, it's going to be a pre-installed app, and that has power. We found out that the uh, Notes app, which is not the most fully functioning, fully featured app on the iPhone, and yet half of iPhone users use the Notes app. It's powerful that it's there. The podcast app is, I think exposing podcasts to people hi everybody who uh might not have gotten exposed to podcasts before because now it's on every iphone that's powerful so is the news app going to have that power is it going to have an impact or is this going to be one of those cases where people are going to say yeah i got flipboard i got facebook uh, you know i'm i'm reading twitter and clicking on links and not caring so much about finding you know looking for an apple app to read the news mike what do you think i think that Apple search stuff, like the search and Siri stuff, is going to surface a lot of these articles. That's probably why yeah. Apple are building it in the first place. Even if you swipe before you search, there are headlines yeah. there, right? And I assume they will open in news. So people are going to see it that way. I don't know yet if this has push notifications, this app, but I wonder that might be interesting for breaking news and if that might start surfacing that kind of stuff for people if there's going to be publishers publishing breaking news in this app. I think that anything that's pre-installed there's a bigger chance that people are going to look at it. I think that really it's going to depend on how how companies actually move forward with publishing to this thing. Because when Newsstand launched, the New York Times were there, and you know we have the Daily. We pull one out for the Daily. Ah, yes. Like it's, it's buried in a shallow grave next uh-huh. to Newsstand. <laughs> so, they wanted to go down together. I just that plot's been if... waiting for Newsstand to go in it for a while, and now it's buried there. It's nice that we have all this stuff now but we'll see if it actually first content like providers actually have to really embrace it and run with it and then if they do maybe people will start to follow yeah i'm it's interesting because it's it's hard to understate the importance of a of the built-in apps like like we talked about notes you know obviously tons of people using that um i was trying to remember exactly what what they said about maps uh, about Apple Maps because they alluded to that being extraordinarily popular, even though it has had many, many problems. Um, and that just goes to show when you have that low-level system integration, that is a big deal. People will tend towards that because using a third-party app is still just a more painful experience. Um, when it comes to news, I wonder, because there are so many different places people get news right now, if they get it via Twitter or Facebook um, or RSS or you know websites that they visit every day, uh, it's hard sometimes to change that pattern of use. And I think it will really depend on how good that Apple News app is at providing them with the stories they want to see. If they feel like, oh man, I didn't get to, like something was missing from that experience. I was looking for these stories and I felt like I didn't get to see everything I wanted to see. Then I think people will tend to stay with what they have. But if they really feel like they're getting a complete experience from the News app, 
and that it's showing them all the things that they want to see and it really does work in terms of like personalizing it to what they want to read then i think that's very powerful i mean google news tries to do something like this in a very sort of it's a very clunky way though i think google news you know it's all automated it's but it's not attractive it's you know you have to dig through stuff um and it, it does not a bad job of personalizing things at time, but it's, you know, it's, it's got its own challenges. And I think, you know, because people spend so much time on their apps or on their phones or their iPads reading this stuff, it's very powerful there. Um, and what they learned with Newsstand was that having people build, build apps for this experience is a little silly because a lot of people still read stuff on the web. So I'm very, I'm intrigued by it. I don't know if I will use it. I've never really gotten into the Flipboard or Zite or any of those sort of news summary apps, but I think that I would definitely give this the, a the try. The Flipboard. That's what it's called, the Flipboard. The Flipboard? Is yeah. That, kids in the Flipboard. Those kids with their flipboarding. The <laughs> yeah. Skateboard. Yeah, right? You do flips on it. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's an interesting problem. And, and while being you know first-party app preloaded uh, is definitely a benefit you know, if, if a user taps into that thing on on day one and there's there's not much content there, that's a problem. And so I think Apple has uh, a road ahead of them, convincing people like us, right, who make things on the web to put our stuff in there. And you know, there's there's been some some information coming out about what the the ad situation is like, which of course is important to be able to monetize your content. Um, but it, you know, I think the app could be great, but if if it's not a good deal for publishers, then what's the point, right? I can open this like really pretty app and read you know stuff that apple's preloaded but uh you know if my local paper if my favorite blogger is not there then i'm just not going to go to it and it's going to end up in a folder next to uh you know compass or something so i think um every, everyone's favorite app on ios um so you know that that's to, to me when i look at it that's the biggest you know question in my mind is can they get people uh that you know, that users want to read and, and what are those tools going to look like? You know, it's through iCloud.com, which seems a little weird. Um, I think, you know, to your point about not building apps, they're, they're trying to make it simpler for people like us. Like I, I couldn't go out and build a new stand app, but if I can give them a modified RSS feed, well, I can do that. And so, it, you know, how, how do those tools look? How easy is it to get my content into it? Um, cause if I'm not there, then, you know, am, am I missing out as a publisher or is, or is the whole thing like a chicken and egg that, that Apple can't ever get past, uh, the starting line with? I mixed my metaphors. I'm sorry. Wow, the chicken and egg are racing against each other. It's, I'm not um, clear. I'll I'll do a diagram. I like how I like how I I just talked up the power of the pre-installed app, and then we talked about Compass. <laughs> like, uh, stocks. Man, no, well, is anyone else making a Compass app? I don't think so. Do you know how angry people are about stocks? Like, yeah. I have so many people yell at me, like, "Why can't I get rid of the stocks app?" Lots of people don't right. don't it. track the stock market and find it completely irrelevant. Yeah. Or can, a, control center, too. Contr- you know, I mean, control center kill flashlight apps. Like, you know, there there is a, there is a lot to be said for that but you don't have to put content into the flashlight app so you don't have to put content in the flashlight app. Mm. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means i but. don't either <laughs> it's a good conversation i i i for one welcome our apple news overlords <laughs> i think i think it's good for apple to play in this the fact is this is a game that facebook is playing with their instant articles thing this looks very much like that uh, they they want to Facebook can insert articles in your Facebook stream. Apple can insert articles in your searches and everywhere on your phone and your watch and your iPad. So having Apple have a place to send that stuff that isn't Safari and have it look nice and let you subscribe to things because again, regular people don't use RSS. So having a, an approach like this, I think it's worth a shot. I'm I'm not sure whether this is going to settle down into be something that's you know lightly used and that you know it seems like it uses 
technology Apple largely already has. So um, I, I don't think there's a reason for them not to do it. And I'm so happy. I wish that something like this had been the solution back when they launched Newsstand. That's the real shame is that Apple kind of got taken for a ride where they got really excited by those uh, big publishers and their big magazine demos and said, this is the future of the iPad. And uh, it turned out to be uh, a bar most... Uh, publishers couldn't cross and so you ended up with lots of really bad newsstand apps and then newsstand just kind of faded away so i think this is better than that um and being on the phone is powerful and being integrated with search is powerful so i'm looking forward to it i signed up for it for six colors to see you know what i can do with it and i I, you know i'm i know that the people who read our stuff are much more likely to use something like this because they are in the Apple ecosystem. So yay for that. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's open to everybody, I guess I would say as my final point, that this is not just for partners. Anybody can do it. They made that point on, on stage, and I appreciate that because I'm anybody, and I'm glad to be a part of it. You're not just anybody, Jason. You're somebody. You know, I like that so much that I'm going to let you do the next topic, Mike. Thank you so much. Uh, so yesterday evening at the live talk show, uh, John Gruber introduced his guest, Phil Schiller, to the stage. Senior you may know him from keynotes, past, but not present. But not present. So I wanted to kind of talk to you guys or see what you think about the fact that that happened and what that means. You can talk about if you enjoyed it, which is great. People will get to see it. They live streamed a video. It's going to be a video. It's going to be in the audio. But Phil Schiller was on a podcast. So you guys are all telling me that you saw that too. That wasn't just like I was, I was like a couple beers in, and it, was like, <laughs> it looked like him. We were we were it, in the first row. We were in the first it, row. It looked like him. Um, Sounded like him. You know, fascinating. And I, I pre- first of all, I want to point out that I loved that it was a Phil Schiller conver- interview sponsored by Microsoft, which is delightful. <laughs> it's delightful to me. Um, but I I think that's fascinating, and this is a hallmark of the new Apple. Um, you know, this is Tim Cook's Apple. This is no longer Steve Jobs' Apple. A lot of people say this never would have happened if Steve Jobs was still alive. This never would have happened if Steve Jobs was still alive. <laughs> it, w- it just wouldn't have. I mean, like this is not a this is not the the image that Apple put forward in those days. Um, and I think Tim Cook has finally gotten to a point where he's very comfortable, uh, and he's, he's especially comfortable letting his sort of trusted executive team, you know, do what their instincts tell them. And, and my understanding with this is that Phil loved this idea. Um, there's nobody to run it up. He didn't necessarily have to run it by Tim and say, can we do this? Phil's in charge of marketing. Right. That, that is his <laughs> domain. His and, and Tim says, you know, Phil, do what you think is right. And so I think that's awesome. Um, it's a kind of engagement that a lot of other companies actually, enga- you know, do a lot. I mean, Microsoft, I feel like maybe not sending executives everywhere, but there are people who do interviews from like blogs and stuff with Microsoft executives or Google executives or Amazon executives. Maybe not Amazon. They're really, really quiet. Um, but there are a lot of places that that want this kind of engagement. And I think Apple also realizes we have this huge community and they're so engaged. And we've always kind of kept them at arm's length, even though at the same time we're creating products to service them, which is such a weird duality. Um, that they've you know removed themselves almost to this ivory towerish thing. Like we will send you the products from on high, but we don't want to do this. And you know Phil is out there essentially soliciting feedback. You know John told you know mentioned the whole like the 16 gig iPhone at the bottom end is that really enough? And Phil's like, well you know that, well that's interesting. It's good to know these things and you know and hear about them. Um, and so having feedback, you know the, that sort of venue, a, a direct sort of feedback that isn't controlled by apple where phil or someone else is standing on a keynote stage and like just getting applauded for everything that's amazing and and having him instead in the room with a a hundred you know 200 300 people who are you know at some points critical of what apple does 
was fascinating. And I think that this is great. I would love to see more of this. Um, I think, you know, realizing that this is so much of who Apple's culture is, is, you know, comes from their community is really, uh, it's really uh, perceptive of them. And it's, it's nice to see a change in that direction. Yeah, I think I think it's a really good point about sort of old Apple versus you know new new 2.0 Apple, I guess. If new Apple started in, in '98 or so, um, and uh, for me, you know, it was exciting to see it happen. You know, on what will be a podcast where, uh, you know, obviously we're all invested in that as as a medium and it growing, and it did seem like, um, you know, a really great way, like you know. This could have been pitched to Apple, and I would have said, "Well, yes, but we're going to do it, you know, on campus in our studio." Well, like, no, like to your point, you know, Schiller was on a stage at a bar, uh, <laughs> talking to in front of a bunch of people because they were there to see a, see a podcast, to see, you know, uh, a show they listen to week in and week out with lots of different guests. And so for me, that's really exciting as as someone who's, you know, really interested in the medium and watching it grow. And you know, Apple, you know, started really strong actually actually about a decade ago. Uh, adding podcast to iTunes, and you know they've they've done that. They've got the first party app, which you know may have its issues, but it is clearly a, a space that Apple's is interested in. You know they've they have a team who you know manages the podcast section of the store, and they you know they curate these new and noteworthy lists, and they are they are interested in seeing it grow. And so it's a huge thing to see um, you know an Apple executive not only be interviewed by somebody like John Gruber, which is great, but to do it in that format is just really exciting to me. Yeah, it was, uh, I, that it's a, a podcast is, is nice, but it was also a live event at WWDC. And I, I feel like that was the, the idea here is that this is, this is Apple executives out amongst the attendees at an event, uh, speaking to them in a different, more casual <laughs> venue, uh, being asked questions by a member of the media and I think that's good for Apple, and I, that that's what I take away from it is um, first also the lesson that you know you, maybe you should ask Apple. This is a new Apple. Maybe don't just assume that Apple's not going to say yes because John Gruber asked Apple about this. You know, could here's a crazy idea, and they said, yeah, we'll do it. So uh, we're in a new, we're in uncharted territory here. So stay tuned for Apple executives on Clockwise in the future. <laughs> yeah, maybe not, but uh, it was a, it was good. It was good to send that message, and also since, uh, as Phil said, we didn't, uh, you know, it just didn't work out for him to be on stage at this event, and he had done like fifty keynotes in a row or something like that, and. Um, so it got it got Phil Schiller out in public in a different venue too, which I think was probably good for him to do that. And you know, being the head of marketing, hearing what the, the Apple hears everything, they know what's going on. But be able to get, get send the impression to these people that they're listening, that they're not ignoring them, that they are looking at at bugs and uh, that are filed under radar, and that they are listening to people who write complaints about Apple, and that is they're not being ignored. I think that was a powerful message to send. So I'm glad he was able to send that to all of the media people and all of the developers who were at the talk show. Yeah, I agree with everything. Like as well as just being a very entertaining episode of the talk show. It was just a thing that it felt good to me, like being in podcasts to see that happen because it felt like, okay, whilst, you know, the talk show is huge and it makes sense that you would go there. It's like, this is, this could be the start of something really exciting for maybe the acceptance of podcasts as a media form by Apple marketing. Cause previously it's not really so, so much. better or worse than Craig taking selfies last year with developers. Way better. Different, different. 
Well, uh, that is four topics. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. And my bonus question for all of you is, we are here in a city that most of us do not live in regularly. Many of Hi. us travel to different places. So my question is, when you are in another city that is not your home city, what is your preferred manner of getting around, of transit? Do you like to walk? Are you an Uber person, public transit? Stephen? Uh, I'd say it's a combination of walking and Uber over a certain threshold. <laughs> Jason, you live here, but you don't live here here. No, I, um, I always prefer to walk. And people like we were, last night we were um, it was maybe a twenty five minute walk to the talk show from the MacWorld offices where we went to the MacWorld and Relay FM party which Woo. was really awesome. Um, and people are like, oh, maybe we'll take an Uber. And I'm like, it's like a mile and a half away. I'm going to walk it. And so I rack up a lot of of, uh, of steps on the pedometer on the pedometer plus plus <laughs> close, but those loops, close those loops, close the loops on the Apple Watch. Yeah. But I I will always prefer to walk. And then I will uh, if if there's I don't want to take buses, but if there are trains that kind of transit, I love taking the train. Yeah, I like to walk because you get to see some stuff. Yeah, I'm a walker myself. I also like subways in some cities, London, where I was recently. Great, Great subway system, so lots of fun to do that. But I like to walk over the taking cabs or Ubers. Well, thank you all. That is our show for today. I would like to thank one of our guests, Mr. Stephen Hackett, but not the other one. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it was glad to be here. It's always fun to be on Clockwise. I like to thank the person to my left, so that's Mike Hurley, my compatriot from Upgrade. Thanks for being on Clockwise again. Thank you so much. And yeah. Jason, that's yeah. it. That's we'll it. We'll be We're... back to our uh, separate sides of the country next week. Yes, we got to go to our neutral corners for next time. But until then, we remind everybody out there from San Francisco, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.